Hey, welcome to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9, online at WRQK.com. Got good news. Fantone and I both made it through yesterday without inappropriately touching or groping anyone. Good job, us. That's, that's, that's a little pat on the back for the Stansberry Show. I said this yesterday via Twitter, at Stansberry Show is how you follow me there. It's also the Instagram. No, I'm sorry. The Instagram is now Dan.Sansbury. Somebody hacked into my old one, had to get rid of that one. So Dan.Sansbury is the, the new Instagram. Snapchat's at Stansberry Show. But I said this on uh, I said this on Twitter, where it's like this whole sexual harassment awakening is what I've been calling it. As a matter of fact, Chris Ty from Channel Three pointed this out. It's like, dude, the media hasn't named this thing yet, and normally that's what the media does is they name it, and that's what I've been calling it, and because uh, I feel like that's a big umbrella. But yeah. this is the best job creation policy I've ever seen. No politicians ever created a job creation policy this well. Dudes are just dropping like flies out of their, you know. Out of their places of employment. And they should. I'm not knocking that. I'm just saying. And I, I noticed this yesterday about myself. Because I, I, this was part of my tweet, too. Now that we have 280 characters, I could just say whatever the hell I want. Okay. But I said, as we're having a national conversation about Matt Lauer and Jeremy Piven and, like, Gene Simmons and, heck, the president, right? As we're having, you know, very open and public conversations about these dudes, what's happening all across the country is you guys are getting together in your little lunch clicks with the people you like in your office while you are avoiding other people you don't like and you're having lunch and coffee and all that stuff together. Secretly, you guys are all having conversations about the, pe- about the person at work you think is going to be the first one to fall in this. And sadly, I want to be in on those conversations. I want to hear it. I want to hear, and not because, and here's the thing, would I want to root out evil? Yes. But that's not where the desire to hear these conversations comes from. It's what I'm always bitching about. It's the feasting on the bones. And it made me feel a little bad about myself, where I was like, I just want dirt. Well, I mean, there's no denying that uh, people across the country right now, whether you've been a victim of something or whether you are a perpetrator in something, have a little bit of like, well, is my time coming? Um, And you just have to think, like, if these... You know, Katie Couric is a big part of the Matt Lauer story. Yeah, we're going to play her audio a little later. You know, and kind of what happened with her and and all that. And it's like, if this can happen to Katie Couric, how many waitresses, how many, you know, retail workers, how many people, women who weren't in power? Well, I told this story once, right. I owned a bar in a small little town in Oregon. It's called Grant's Pass. And I, um, I I had this bartender who worked for me. Her name's Catherine. We're still great friends to this day. And she's beautiful i mean she's a young girl but she's beautiful and you know that whole thing and so she's standing at a table serving these two men and i'm standing behind the bar and i was watching it go down and this one guy just reaches out from behind the table and like smacks her on the ass and she's like five foot flat like she's just tiny and so there i just watch her little hand like point up and she just sticks her finger in this guy's face and i was never so proud of of a small person in my entire life (laughs) because it was just like there was no fear in her like, there was no hesitation whatsoever. There was just the, you don't do that to me. Yeah. And I was just like, wow. Peter, like, good Peter, for you. Peter Dinklage's accomplishments are nothing. Nothing. Small people, you didn't do anything nothing. until you did this. Nothing. This person that's actually not a midget is, <laughs> <laughs> like, further in your cause. But it just, but it, it did. It drove that home to me. And I said to her, I was like, you know, I don't think that that happens as much where I'm from. I was like, I've never seen that. Oh, the Gropian? And she said, oh, Dan, I think you're wrong. She said, you know, the, we do live in a little bit of a, you know, because, dude, Grant's Pass was weird. Like, chicks will tell you, like, there would be women walking into the bar with black eyes, and they would tell you, 
oh yeah, dude, me and my husband, we fight. Like we just will ball up our fists and we'll fight. And that like dude was the women telling you. I, so it's a little bit different. But she was like, no, Dan, I'm telling you, she's because she's lived other places too. She's like, this happens everywhere. Yeah, it happens on everywhere. And it happens across the board. I don't think there's any like, well, this neighborhood's safe, or or I have this amount of money, therefore I'm safe. Right? No, this I, amount of influence, therefore I'm I would safe. think the more money you have, the the worse it may get because what you get there is I have a ton of money. The, the world owes me everything. I'm a captain of industry. I'll just take what I want. That may be the case. I know justice won't necessarily be served in all of these cases. It's just impossible for it to no be way. because there's right. just so many examples and everything. But at the very least, at the very least, I do hope that people who have been through this predicament and people who have been through this, this situation find a little bit of like vindication in it. Find a little bit of like, all right, yeah, my boss isn't necessarily going to get fired or that, you know, that guy from 10 years ago isn't going to jail, but somebody is. And I hope there's some level of like, comfort in that. I I knew I was going to get one of these messages. So there's two issues inside this whole conversation that need to be addressed. And I feel like they need to be addressed by men. And I feel like we're the men to do it. All right. So I knew I was going to get this message. So sure enough, this just came in via the Facebook page slash Stansbury show. When's the first scandal of a woman coming down? You know, uh, uh, you know, when, when, when are we going to see a man accuse a woman of this? Let's not pretend that they're not doing it. It's just not as, as pronounced as men. Right. Well, I would tell you that if there are two problems and one's a bigger problem, I want to focus on the bigger problem and then we'll move down. Triage. I'm okay with triage. I'm all right with it. You're not going to fix everything all in one day. So that's the first issue. All right. Ultimately, here's why we focus on the men. There are more men in positions of power than there are women. There's no denying that. Those are the numbers. You could simply look online and find that, right? Here's the other one. And this is the big one. And this one kind of gets to me because I, I see both men and women say this. And, it's, it, and it makes me kind of crazy. Is Why does it take 20 years for these women to come forward? Well, A, there's power in numbers. So once somebody gets the ball rolling, you Rosa Parks it, now everybody like jumps on. Right? You see what I'm saying? There is power in numbers. Yeah, nobody wants to be the first person. And how do you know nobody came forward before? How do you know that the members of management who were there 15 years ago didn't tell them shut up and just go back to work? You don't know that that didn't happen. So there's that then too, right? Now here comes the big one, the kicker. I tell my story all the time. And if you don't know, I was, I was sexually abused as a child by neighbors. They lived up the street from me. It was not family. It was neighbors. And I never told anybody but my child, except for my therapist. My parents kind of like knew what happened kind of figured it out and they sent me to a therapist and I told a therapist and I was in therapy the, my entire childhood and I did that, but none of my friends knew, none of my other family knew, none of my girlfriends ever knew. And then one day I was sitting in a Starbucks with a guy, some of you know, by the name of Maxwell and we had been doing a radio show together and he had been saying to me all along, dude, I know there's something behind you. There's something behind all this that's driving all this. I know it. And I kept doing what people do. Deny, deny. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. So he cracked the code. We had the conversation. It was 2.45. We were sitting on Rockside Road, sitting there in the Starbucks. Show starting in 15 minutes. He said, let's go back to the office. We're going to turn on the microphones, and we're going to tell our story to the entire city. I thought he was nuts, but we did it, and I've never felt more free in my entire life, and I talk about it all the time. From that day moving forward, I started to live as a survivor, not a victim. 
I don't want to go overboard. But, dude, sometimes you're just not ready. My friend Cheryl actually, you know, because somebody posed, you know, asked that question on my Facebook page yesterday. And my friend Cheryl, who I'm super close with, said, I never told anyone. I just wasn't ready. It just, it, it, it's a very personal thing. And I, it's so easy for people to go, took 20 years. I, it, I just think, dude, you're looking to knock people down in an ultimate time of weakness. Is there going to be some of that? Yes. And I'm the guy that's been telling you there will be a, there'll be a coerced effort to remove men just to do it. That is definitely coming. But that's not a good enough reason not to weed this out when we can. It's just not. Yeah, I mean, there's been false reports on muggings before, but it's not like nowadays everyone that gets mugged, we're like, oh, you're a liar. There's no way I can believe you. There's no possible way I can believe you. That's a very Um, fair point. And as far as it goes with men reporting this and men being victims of this, a big part of the problem is, is yes, anybody that has this happen to them, there's a level of shame. There's a level of embarrassment. There's a level of, is this my fault? But even more so with men, like even more so when you feel Because your friends are going to call you a puss. Right, exactly. I mean, it's the same way that like, oh, a guy can't be right. Well, it's like, well, yeah, he certainly can, but uh, there's just so many examples there where it's like, you, you, what are you going to do? You're going to go admit that you you felt sexually like pr- preyed upon? Men are very, men are definitely, we are treated differently in this regard. Remember when Lionel Richie came out and told everybody his wife beat him up? He was a laughing stock. Yeah. He was late night fodder for months. Nobody thought it was serious. There was no ribbons. There was no 800 numbers. They just laughed at him for months because he admitted that a woman beat him up. People just think it's fun. Bill Burr talks about this all the time. Where, dude, a woman can cut a man's penis off and we'll all joke about it. He's like, if you cut a woman's breast off and throw it in the dishwasher, the world's going to screech to a halt tomorrow. There is a difference in how we address this. I'm not going to deny that. But I think there are more men in positions of power who are abusing it, and I think we're seeing it. I do think we've probably already seen at least one celebrity taken down that probably wasn't guilty, and you're going to see more. And I don't want to see any guilty person and Sorry, I don't want to see any innocent person punished. But there's going to be some of that. But if, if, if it's very little fallout, and ultimately we end with most of good, that's how the world's going to go. I'm not idealistic. I don't. I know nothing is going to be 100% accuracy. I'm all right with that. Not because it's okay, but because I understand that that's the way it's going to be, and that's the world I live in. And just because it's not going to give me 100% of what I want doesn't mean that I don't need the 85 or 90% I am going to get. But stop knocking these women for taking a while to be able to tell their story. I can tell you what happened to me happened to me between the ages of three and six years old, and I didn't tell anybody till I was almost 30. So shame on you. You're not ready until you're ready. And since it happened to me and didn't happen to you, I can speak from experience. Shut your mouth. You just sound like a mouth breather when you're accusing these women of not telling their stories as soon as it happens. You just don't know what you're talking about. More Stansberry Show right around the corner. Hang on. The Stansberry Show. We may not be a global epidemic yet. On iHeartRadio. This is a dream come true. Canton's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. We're online at WRQK.com, and we are now just a day away from the long haul against hunger. We'll be broadcasting this time tomorrow at the Giant Eagle up on the Strip. We'll be there from 6 o'clock that morning till about 7 o'clock that evening, taking your cash, check, and food donations, not perishable, to benefit the Akron-Canton Regional Food Bank. We had Dan Flowers, CEO of the Akron-Canton Regional Food Bank, on uh, earlier in the week, we're going to run that for you again in the 7 o'clock hour this morning in case you missed it. Because I think Dan's got a great message, and I think people need to hear it. Um, and I know a lot of you are coming. 
and a lot of you have come over the past few years, uh, you know, to this event every year. We um, we were saying this a lot yesterday, and it's true. We keep increasing the number every year, and I hope to be able to be able to say the same thing come Monday morning. Hey, um, you know, I think a lot of people when they make charitable donations, and this is the time of the year you start thinking about stuff like that. You want to do the greatest good with your money, with your donation, with your time. And the Akron Regional Food Bank, dude, it is the best way to kind of stretch your dollar. Um, I know on a, on an average day they can turn one dollar into four meals, but since we have corporate sponsors that are going to be matching donations, every dollar you bring up there is going to turn into eight meals. And uh, you know, we talk about it all the time. Like hunger is a year-round issue, and that's how the food bank is. Eight Able to sustain the immense amount of food that they distribute throughout the year is through events like this. So, uh, yeah, tomorrow, dude, we will see you there. You know, another thing you should do is go see the Akron Canton Regional Food Bank. Oh, it's it's it's, it's like it's it's almost like overwhelming how big it is. When they walked me into the like the like the frozen food section, like the, the freezer, I mean, it's like an airplane hangar in there. Like how much stuff that comes in and out of that place. I it, honestly, it took me back. Like I was like, man, look at the, this operation. Like this isn't just like, oh, here's a box of food, now go take it here. It's right. like this is like, I mean, it's like a full blown, like, or I mean, it's just it's massive. I couldn't I couldn't wrap my head around it. And it's almost like there's this thing that happens when you're walking through there when you realize, oh, it's kind of sad how big how this how big this thing needs to be. Right. Like it's sad. Right. You start throwing the numbers around and it's like 30 million pounds of food. It's like, last year, right? Right. And so it's just it's incredible that that much is getting distributed through the area, but somebody's doing that work and, you know, tomorrow's our chance to support them. I took a great piece of listener email here um, from a guy named Michael who was listening to the podcast. This was yesterday. He says, my wife and I always listen to, uh, you know, on the way to work and then we listen to the podcast of what we missed on the way home. We're both big fans. Okay. I know I've uh, disagreed with stuff you've said on the air, but I got to say that I have never understood people who think that you're either too extreme on your political views. He's like, I find you to be right in the middle. He says, I know you got a lot of these messages during the show, but I really appreciate you not being a gimmicky, annoying radio show. It always feels relaxed listening to you guys, even if you're freaking out about something. He says, we both always really enjoy your show. Something to think about uh, from the show today also. You were talking about the guy in your building. We, we were talking about a guy in this building yesterday who has had to fire women throughout his career. And I just asked my boss, I was like, dude, are you worried about that? You fired a lot of chicks, you know, a lot of women, sorry, you know, over, you know, over your career. I said, are you ever worried one of these women are just going to like lodge this complaint back at you just to do it? And he said, yeah, there's definitely a, you know, a cause for concern. So he says, my wife and I are both teachers. And he's like, as a male teacher, he's like, that fear is in me every single day. Is an after school study session going to lead to accusations for me? He says, what happens when I give more help to a student because they're struggling and something gets reported or me being strict with students or me calling out girls violating the dress code? The system has swung so far to the side of the accusers that it's a legitimate, constant fear for me. It's like, I feel like it shows that what will probably start happening in our country at large, which is what you've been saying, and I have been saying this, is that, you know, we're going to start you know, lodging accusations just to do it. And I think that that will be part of it, but that's not a good enough reason not for these, for these women not to come out of the woodwork and not to tell their story. Which is why that, you know, when, you know, you talk about our boss or other bosses and situations, a majority of time when you fire people, it's not just like an instantaneous, like, Hey, you're fired. You're gone. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like there's a review process. HR is involved, things like that. There should be safeguards in place to kind of keep you from being put into a situation that you weren't supposed to find. Yourself Especially in when, when you're talking teacher, 
teachers because it's so hard to find qualified teachers. So if you got one, let's make sure we're not pushing a good educator out of the building. I believe strongly in that. Not that you shouldn't fire a teacher if he's been guilty, but like if you got a really good educator, be sure you're right about this. Um, buddy, you're not going to be happy about this as Michael okay. signs off his email says, I'm coming to Long Haul on Friday. Okay. P.S. I'm taller than Phantom. And I hope he freaks out. What? Like, like, how tall is this dude? We gotta he find didn't, out. He didn't give me the numbers, but he says he's taller than you, and he hopes you freak out. For those of you that don't know, Fantone is 6'7", and dude, I barely knew Fantone when this happened, right? I, we'd only known each other like a couple of months, and so I didn't realize the pride he had in just being born like tall. Like, it's not even something like he worked at. No. Like, it's just random, Man. right? But he's so effing proud of it. So we're, I forget where we were, but we were in public somewhere. And Fantone sees this guy, and he's like, Sansbury, that dude's huge. I was like, yeah. He's like, you think he's bigger than me? And I was like, I don't know, dude. So the guy's not even looking at us. He has his back to us, has no idea that we're there, isn't a fan, nothing. Fantone goes up to him, turns around, and is back to back. He's like, yo, Sansbury, who's taller, man? Who's taller, me or this guy? And he's like whispering. He's not screaming because he doesn't want the guy to hear him. Who's taller, man? Is it me or this guy? And since I was the only one who could tell for sure, I was like, that guy's got you, man. And he just, you hate it. When it happens on the Canton Charge floor, I'm okay with it because those dudes well, are supposed to be. You know what right. I'm saying? Like, yeah. Gerald Beverly's taller than me, and that's, like, okay. The way it goes. But when it happens at, like, Walmart on Tusk, your boy gets a little thrown <laughs> off, dude. Well, and here's dude. the thing I'm going to say is oh, I am no. right on the cusp, and I mean right on the cusp of being, like, freakishly large. Like, like when me you too. see me, like, when you see me, like, you, you, you're you like, oh, my God, that guy's tall, but I'm not, like, weird looking. I feel like if I was an inch taller, I'd be a little, like, I don't know, like, I'd be, like, a freak show. So, uh, I don't know. Maybe this dude, uh, is he all gangly and, like, walking around with uh, dude, floods on? I still say, man, and I know you have no interest. Right. But... Dude, you need to pick up golf. You're so tall and lanky. Like, dude, if we taught you how to strike a ball right, you would hit the ball so far. And then me and you would be hanging out outside of work for another four hours a day. Dude, no. Stan's very oh, show over. Dude, over. Bro, I got to tell you, the day Phantom beat me at golf. <laughs> oh, dude, let me just tell you. I Dude, that's 15 to life for your boy right there. You're right. I want no part of it. More Stansberry Show right around the corner. You guys hang on. The Stansberry Show. Rock 1069. Welcome back to the Sansbury Show on Rock 1069. D writes in and says, Sansbury, I was driving to work this morning. I heard your uh, story about that waitress who worked for you in Oregon and how proud you were of her for standing up for herself. She says, Now let's flip this. Make her a single mom with the sole financial responsibility of her child, and the guy who grabbed her ass is you, her boss. What are the chances that her reaction would have been the same? Would she stand up for herself, swallow it down so she can keep her job and a roof over her kid's head? Maybe even try to convince herself it really wasn't that big of a deal. D, that's a great point. That is a great point. And that is how this happens. That is how this happens. Like, I, I got to be honest with you. My boss, it's not the same thing as sexual harassment, right? But my boss has definitely said things to me that are not appropriate. That in a perfect world, I would say, dude, you shouldn't say that. What the hell's the matter with you? But out of like, well, he is my boss. Let's just, let's just you know, let's just keep the, the ocean waters calm. Now, again, it's nowhere near as severe as what's happening here with, like, you know, Matt Lauer and, like, you know, you know all that kind of stuff. But there's definitely been things said or done to me where I'm like, that's not right. Well, but, but you just kind of go back and, and go about your, you know, your day. If you, and I don't know if intimidated is the right word, but if you were intimidated in that moment, imagine that, you know, that statement being sexual in nature right. or that statement being physical. You know what I'm saying? For somebody that, because here's the thing. If things got physical between my boss and I, he loses. Where in the regard of where if a woman like 
if it gets physical between you and your boss at work, nine times out of ten, I'm thinking a man's going to overpower a woman. Well, but I mean, look back at what happened with Terry Crews, who I'm sure could have beat the ass of that dude that grabbed his dong at that party. You know what? That is an interesting thing. I'm surprised that guy didn't at least get smacked. Right? I mean, Terry Cure, I mean, dude, is just like, he's like six foot eight of like African American muscle. So, like, I was going to say, I don't know, know a single dude not running away from Terry Cruz right, if he's pissed. Right, yeah. right. No, that's a great so, point. I, sometimes I think that the power isn't necessarily that physical power. It's the power I have over your career, the power I have over you in a position of authority. So, like, and she's right, man. You got a kid. Sometimes you're just like, dude, they just, I, I, I just need macaroni and cheese. And I just right. need, I just need Nickelodeon. Who, uh, number one, who do I say something <laughs> to? Because you're right. Like, what if it was the owner, the boss? whatever but even if you do say something like i know a woman who within the last year um her boss said to her like hey if something falls apart falls apart here like you could go be a stripper and this woman what? this woman worked for a major corporation a major bank in the area and she reported it up the proper lane like line of command and within a month she was fired and it's just like well like why why would i have said anything that's like, horrible looking, like looking back on it like why did i even say anything that is Horrible. And like it's just and it's just you know this woman had to like you know go find a new job restart her life re you know try to do it because her boss said some you know some inappropriate comment. I um I've been having a lot of conversations with women about this recently, um especially about this industry because I keep saying, dude, when this hits radio, just wait, dudes are gonna start dropping like flies. You, you said it earlier. There's you know there's obviously cases that are more extreme than the other, and for a while it is going to be the big names. It's gonna be the Matt Lowers. It's gonna be the you know Kevin Spacey's. Yeah. It's gonna be those guy but after a while it is going to start to go down that ladder well, what happens is you start to run out of big targets right and radio personalities are more than big enough to be like all right this dude news like you know like news personalities people that I'm, are on, on tv stations i'm trying to think of a nationally syndicated radio dude that i could feel like that people would know and be like that dude might be a creep howard I mean, when does this uh, does this not happen to Howard? All right, so I listened to Howard a little bit the other day. Like, right. I, I went to YouTube and I, I was like, I, I found some. Somebody said you need to take a listen to this. He had John Stewart on, right? And they were talking about Louis C.K. And you know, Howard got into like how the world's so dark now, and like you know, everybody's in the gotcha moments, and like how he was talking about how he's glad he made his bones before now. Like, if you if he was trying to start his career now, he would never become Howard Stern, and that's totally true. And I just started thinking back on it because he came out and said something about somebody else. And I mean, dude, from a guy that sexually harassed every female guest he ever had on, it just feels a little weird. But most of the women who have who have told like secrets about Howard, they say off the air, he's so timid. That he's not the guy who would ever like grope you because he's just he's more. They say when you take the microphone away from Howard, he's more afraid of you than you are of him. And mo- a lot of the oh, big name radio guys are like. As a matter of fact, there's a guy here locally when he walks down the hallway, won't even look at you, a just stares at the floor until he gets to where he's going because he's just so weird. But in the studio, he becomes a completely different person. Now I'm a little bit different. I am who I am. There's just no changing. Them. Um, I I wonder if you know by going on the Howard Stern show. It's not essentially consent for anything, but you know what kind of situation you're walking yourself into. You well, know there's a I little mean? bit different, too. I mean, the 90s just were different. It was different. You went in there, and I don't think, I think most people who went on Howard Stern, including Donald Trump, were not telling the truth. I think a lot of people were ramping up their stories, making it, this is radio, got to make it interesting. It's got to be theater of the mind. It's got to be all that. And I think a lot of people were ramping up their messaging and ramping up their sexuality. So they were an interesting interview to get back in there because of the promotional machine that the Howard Stern show was. What about Seacrest? 
Okay. The crown jewel of so, IR radio. So this is interesting. Right. Okay. Because I my one of my very close friends, her first job in radio was an internship on on air with Ryan Seacrest. All right. And why I say this is interesting is because she never complained about him sexually. Like he was never sexually inappropriate with her. But she says he is a nightmare of a boss. And most talented people are. They're just hard driven. They expect more from you. They're demanding. And th- this. But what's going to happen is that that will be the next fallout. Will be the well. I mean, should you be saying anything inappropriate? And should you be? Should you ever raise your voice? Should you be? And when that awakening happens, now we're probably five years away from that one. You may see guys like that fall. I don't know. I don't know enough of him. Like she worked for him for about like eight nine months. And so, I mean, and this was 10, 15 years ago. So I don't know, but it seems to me like it's those shiny, happy people, right? So well, you never know. At, at, at the very least, I think somebody said it to me yesterday, like, oh, man, Matt Lauer going down. Who's next? Al Roker. And I said to them, like, well, of course it could be. You know what I mean? Like, uh, we all have this idea. Well, like, oh, well it never would have been Matt Lauer. And it's like, well, no, of course it could have been him. Of course it could be Ryan Seacrest. Of course it could be anybody. Just like we say on the show a, mi- a million times is that you don't know people. You think you know people. You think this persona that they present to you is who they are at their core. But you have no idea idea who that person is this guy says i work at a construction company and a young woman that i work with uh she's one of my apprentices and she says all the time that stuff she hears on a daily basis she could get so many people fired but she just brushes it off mostly because it's not personally offensive to her and that's where this is gonna get this is where this does get tricky is that i know plenty of women that if you joked with them about what they're wearing or their sexuality or what you would like to do, they laugh and they like it and they want, it, they want the back and forth and they, they legitimately do like it. But the problem is, is there are women then who pretend that they do just to go along. And so what men sometimes will do is you'll take something that you said to one woman and she has no problem with it. And then you just assume that then all women will be okay with that, where that's sometimes where you're going to get yourself in trouble. It's and, and you got to be very careful, by the way, buddy, as we're doing long haul against hunger yeah. tomorrow. Michael wrote in, says he's taller than you. I got numbers. All right. Michael, six, nine, dog. Jeez. Six, nine. So make sure tomorrow we get pictures of you and Michael side by side, back to back. I, I want to make sure that happens just because I want to see the hatred <laughs> on your face. And we're actually going to let you take a listen to a little bit of uh, the CEO of the Akron Canton Regional Food Bank, Dan Flowers, on the air next on Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sansbury Show on Rock 106.9. Join us again tomorrow, 6 o'clock in the morning till 7 o'clock that evening to benefit the long haul against hunger for the Akron Canton Regional Food Bank. We'll be broadcasting live at the Giant Eagle up on the Strip all day. We replayed the uh, the interview with Dan Flowers, CEO of the Akron Canton Regional Food Bank right there. And in the middle of it, Stansbury looks at me and he's like, dude, you know what? I'd run through a wall for this guy. Like he just gets you fired up. He's like a football coach. I, I said to dude, if that guy's coaching his his kid's little league team, they're gonna win the state champs. Like he is just like Dan Flowers is one of those guys. There are just certain orators who are just very good at that. Hunter, metal enthusiast. Um, I know he's into, a churchgoer. Like, a churchgoer. I know he's into like um uh different forms of like fighting. Like I know he'll do like MMA and stuff like that. The dude is a legit badass. He's one of those guys. He's he's unassuming too. If you're standing next to him, <laughs> but he dude. could beat your ass. For Silly. sure he could. Yeah, I know. I think he's he and his son both. I think are into um, some of the fighting styles, jujitsu or something. One, like one that. of those things. I've, I've seen him in like in, in in like a um what is it? Not a dojo, like uh like a like one of those like karate outfits before, like Damn, what arm is that bars on people. Gi, a G, something like that. I think you're close. Yeah. Whatever. All right.
So unless you've been sleeping under a rock for the last like 72 hours, you've heard, no doubt, that Matt Lauer had been fired from, it was the Today Show, right? Yeah, it was 24 hours ago. It was this time yesterday. Is it matter? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was breaking as we were on the air. I remember that. Yeah. And um, so a piece of audio, video actually, of Katie Couric being on somebody else's show around 2012 has now surfaced. And we're going to play this for you right now. Did the Today Show with Matt Lauer for 15 years. What is Matt's most annoying habit? Mm. He pinches me on the ass a lot. Wow! <laughs> I wouldn't have a problem with that. Now, see, that's weird. Okay. And what's going to happen is sooner or later, social media is going to like come after that show host. I don't know who that was, but they're going to come after the show host and say, oh, nice way to make a rim shot out of sexual harassment and then go to break. It's like sometimes you guys understand show hosts are like, oh, oh, what do I do here? What, what the hell just happened here? Yeah, you're in a tough spot. Like the producer's screaming in his IFB, which is your in-ear mic saying, get me to break right now. That's what's happening right there. Just so you know, that would be my guess anyway. And I, um. And people are going to make it about that host, but I will say that's 2012, right? So I remember my boss, my program director coming in the studio in 2009 and making me download Twitter and making me start Twitter. So that's, that's a few years before that, right? So my point is in 2012, social media is completely a thing. And I'm surprised that nobody made that a big deal when it happened. Not what it is today. No, true, true, but... Facebook was pretty close. I mean, people were on it by then. I mean, dude, I was late to Facebook, and I was on it in 2009. Like, I was late to the party. Well, and I, I guess maybe, you know, it's, you know, there's definitely been a change in the last five years. But even even if not, I mean, there's whether it's the change in social media or the change in, like, the serious, you know, what do I want to say, nature of these crimes, or at least, like, ex- like a- acknowledging the serious nature of these crimes, where, you know, five years ago, I think it was probably a lot easier just to... But brush it off. Well, well, now there's been this movement. That's fair. That is fair. I also wonder if there was a lot of the maybe audience going, she's joking. Like, look at her laughing about it. Like, she's just like, doesn't want to give you one of Matt's real annoying habits. So let me give you this. This is what people kind of want to hear. And then, you know what I mean? Like, I wonder if that was the reaction. I mean, uh, you know, I was talking about it earlier. Anybody can have this happen to them. But I am a little bit surprised that... I mean, Matt Lauer and Kitty Couric essentially are peers, you know what I'm saying? On the same playing field, both hosts of the Today Show, both highly paid people. If I remember correctly, she had more power. Like, dude, they bent over backwards to give her that money. If you're victimizing an intern, I see that. I, I'm not that I yeah, accept it, but yeah. I, I see it. But but to victimize somebody who's essentially a peer of On yours. On an equal playing field. Yeah, yeah, that is weird. Yeah, th- that's just not what I expected to happen there. A lot of women have come forward. I guess Meredith Vieira has, you know, has said some things, and multiple women have come out now and have accused Matt Lauer. Do you have a little bit of uh, Meredith Vieira? What, what this is, it's not Meredith Vieira. This is something that he says to her. There was a an NBC oh. news feed, and it was, you know, the Today Show went to commercial break. One of the affiliates accidentally stayed with the news feed Mike as Hot. opposed to, yeah, so this is kind of like a Mike Hot situation where Matt Lauer is addressing Meredith Oh, Vieira. I haven't heard this yet. I'm calling. I'm calling. I'm sweater. Keep bending over like that. It's a nice view. He says to her, keep bending over like that. That's a nice view. All right. Now, this is interesting here. Okay? That's a Mike Hot situation. And for so for some people, that's going to sound like outrageous. And I don't know what Meredith Vieira's opinion on this are. I haven't read it. And I don't know what their relationship is. 
But again, I said this this morning. There are women who I have worked with closely in this business who, if I said that to them, would know that it was a joke or that there's maybe even a little bit of seriousness in it who would not find that offensive. And if you work with somebody day in and day out, you could get yourself into a relationship where you could say something to that person that's inappropriate for public consumption, but totally appropriate for your personal relationship. And I guess at that point, it's like, well, is work the place for that comment then? If you understand that like, hey, this is an inappropriate thing, even though she's okay with it, What makes it different is the mic's hot and there's also other women in the room who it might be inappropriate for them. It's not solely about Meredith Vieira at that point. It's also about like a woman who's maybe working a camera, maybe working in the makeup chair, who hears it and goes, well, dude, if we're going to let that go, this is where we work. He's going to say it to me. He's going to say it to her. There is that. Yeah, he's showing a pattern of behavior here. It's not like this was, you know, this was a one-off thing that like, hey, I said something. I regret that. I, I apologize for that. This is him in a professional situation, him on the work set saying something in a sexual nature to a woman. That, and it's like, dude, I understand like, well, it's, America's just no fun anymore. We can't make jokes about anything. But maybe there is a point where it's like, dude, you're at work. And like just out of, the, just out of if nothing else, self-preservation. It's like, dude, you need to reevaluate how you're talking to people. Yeah, I, I, you gotta be, you gotta be cognizant of who can hear you. Like, I'll always use my friend Heather as an example. She works in the radio business, and again, she worked for uh, for Ryan Seacrest for a long time. And if she was doing the show with us, which she wishes to do, um, she actually begs me all the time to hire her. And we. And she was in this room and she bent over during a commercial break and you said that to her. She would honestly, there would be a little bit of her would be like, damn, I must look good today. There's a little bit of that. But that's one woman. You can't make her reaction every woman's reaction. And that's where this does get tricky. I, I said it earlier this morning. I think guys do that. I think guys sometimes will say something to a woman. She's totally cool with it and go, oh, chicks must be all right with that. And that's one woman, one situation, one man saying something to her that's okay. If somebody else said that exact same thing that she to, didn't to necessarily her, have that she same may relationship have a different reaction. With, yeah, right, that's fair. Right, 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 right. That so is fair. It just gets to that point of like, once again, when, when, when you put yourself into that work situation, when you put yourself in there, it's like, dude, you've got to start thinking about, it's not just about what jokes I think are funny. It's about making sure that that number one that everyone here feels safe and and, and and is able to do their job not in a hostile work environment and number two keeping my job like yesterday I was walking through the hallway shortly after the show it was like five minutes after we were done and one of our salespeople was sitting alone in the sales bullpen and she was dressed I don't want to say better but just differently than she is maybe every other day and it was noticeable so I walked by her desk and I just said hey you look nice today and kept walking and I turned the corner and I went back and I was like, don't Matt Lauer me. Like, I wasn't trying to be inappropriate. She's like, Dan, no, I know. She's like, it's okay to tell me I look nice. Right. She's like, you're not talking about certain body parts of mine. Right. She's like, that's okay to, to, to comment about the fact that I, she's like, I would tell you you look nice today and not think twice about it. I, I, I wouldn't at this point. You know what I'm saying? At, at this point, and I understand you have a relationship with that woman and everything's fine. Yeah, but to a woman that. I didn't know. Right. So at this point, and it goes back to that self-preservation of like, well, what's my victory out of this versus what am I like, what am I gambling with this? Yeah, you're better off probably just saying just, good morning Just not saying days. anything. To yeah, him. that's a little sad, but ultimately maybe that's the way it needs to go. Matt Lauer has issued an official statement. Here it is. There are no words to express my sorrow and regret for the pain that I have caused others by words and actions. To the people I have hurt, I am truly sorry. I am writing this. I realize the depth of the damage and disappointment I have left behind at the home, at the home and at MEC. Some of what is being said about me is untrue 
or mischaracterized, and I bet that that is true, but there is enough truth in these stories to make me feel embarrassed and ashamed. I regret that my shame is now shared by the people I cherish dearly. Repairing the damage will take a lot of time and soul searching, and I'm committed to beginning that effort. It is now my full-time job. Well, of course. The last two days have forced me to take a very hard look at my own troubling flaws. It's been humbling. I am blessed to be surrounded by the people I love. I thank them for their patience and their grace. Here's what I'm going to say. People are now trashing him, and they we always trash apologies and say, no, you're so- what you're sorry for is the fact that you got caught. And there is truth in that. If you were, Let me tell you how legitimate sorrow works. It works a lot like how the show went yesterday, where I had been in a parking lot, had done something, had regretted it, came in here the next day and said, man, I just really wish I didn't act that way. That's how it works. If you're legitimately sorry, it's because you come to the realization that your actions aren't good. And then you realize I need to go to that person and ask for their forgiveness. It's not like you've been busted and now you're sorry. Right, right, right. At what point does some man come forth and say, hey, I did this. It's not because the New York Times is coming out with an expose about it. I did this and I'm sorry for Let it. Let me tell you, I think you, I, I, I think at this point, you'd probably be the poster boy of how to do it right, right. In, in your career depending on what it is you do. If you're a movie star, you probably still get booked to do movies. If you're a host at like a news anchor, at a, you know what I mean? Probably not at that point. But I think if you're one of the guys who comes out early and says, you know what, before this, I don't, I don't want to be a gotcha. There is a moment from my past. This happened. I'm not proud of it. I am sorry. Now that all these stories, I think you're right. If somebody comes out and lays on the sword, we love when people do that. But when we have to catch you, that's when America gets off on the fact that we're going to ruin the rest of your life. I um I saw Matt Lauer on a show that I really love once. Um, th- there's a guy on the Golf Channel hosts a, a, an interview show. He's one of the best interviewers you'll ever hear. His name is David Faraday, and he's a great interviewer. And he had Matt Lauer on, and they were talking. And so, like, I kind of know a little bit about Matt's life off the air a little bit, like, with his kids and stuff. And it's like, I feel that's who I feel bad for today. It's because everywhere you go now, your dad's the creep. I mean, consequences are bigger than yourself. And that's any time that you start doing something like this, any time that you become, uh, I mean, whether, right. whether your dad's a murderer or a sexual harasser or a rapist or whatever he is, your decisions, your actions have consequences greater than yourself. Yeah, I mean, I've worked with guys who have had kids, and when they're on the radio, they're like, dude, some things I'll say. Will get my kid disinvited from birthday parties, and like some, so I'm just scared to say some stuff. And I, and it's one of the reasons that right there, by the way, is one of the reasons I've decided that children might not be the not might not be the best idea for me is because I didn't want to have to come home and listen to my wife go. Now our kid doesn't go to this thing because you got to be an idiot all morning and give out your stupid opinion. It was one of the reasons why I didn't do that. But I, I would like to see somebody come out and lay on the sword before we have to catch them. That would be honestly a little refreshing. More Sansbury show right around the corner. You guys hang on. Show Rock 1069. Welcome back to the Sansbury Show, Rock 1069. Join us tomorrow as we broadcast live from 6 o'clock in the morning till 7 o'clock that evening at the Giant Eagle up on the strip for the long haul against hunger to benefit the Akron Canton Regional Food Bank. We let you take a listen to Dan Flowers earlier this uh, morning. If you don't know, Dan Flowers is the CEO of the Akron Canton Regional Food Bank. We may run that for you again at 9:30. It's the day before the event. And uh, we would obviously like to see you guys come out. Yeah, we uh, we'll talk about it at length tomorrow. But the reach of the Akron Canton, the Akron Canton Regional Food Bank, it's almost unfathomable. The amount of food that they move, um, the amount of people that they serve, and just the wide variety of people they serve: seniors, kids, veterans, dude. Every 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 group that you think of that, like you know what, that's who I want to be a part of. That's what I want to help out. That's what I want to you know. Uh, that's where I want my dollars to go. Akron Canton Regional Food Bank takes care of all of them. So we'll see you. Uh, yeah, we'll see you guys tomorrow. Giant Eagle up on the strip. So one of the things that we didn't even get into about Matt Lowry yet. Yeah. 
was apparently in his office, his private office, this is now. He had a button underneath his desk that would allow him to lock the door. I guess it would shut, and then he would be able to lock the door as well. Yeah, you would go into his office, close the door behind you, and then he would lock it. He had a button underneath his desk that would lock it. Now, I never thought about this a month ago when I was bitching about my office here. And I think that this is why companies like this one are starting to do this. I'm no longer alone in my office. There's another person in my office that I have to sit there with. Now, we have opposite schedules. He does a show from 9 to noon, and so like we don't really run into each other a whole lot, and that's fine. And I really like Jim Albright on 640 WHLO anyway. We're pals, so I, I wouldn't care. Right. But the office has no door, right. and that I sometimes care about because sometimes I just want to lock it, not hear what's going on in the hallway. Just let me knock out two hours worth of work and let me get out of here, right? And so sometimes there's that. And now as all this stuff's starting to come out, I'm like, well, that's why iHeart won't give me a door. It's because creeps are out there shutting doors and touching chicks. It's like, this is why I can't have this. So then I'm reading some of these tweets that, you know, from, you know, the world yesterday and Andy Richter, which I don't know if he still does stuff with Conan or not, but he used to be like Conan's like side guy. Right. Says, I have known lots of fancy TV types that had a button on their desk that would release a magnetic door stopper holding the door open, allowing them to close it, but never a secret button that locked it, you know, and how, who greenlit that? Um, I think you can make the argument of in a such a high profile job and in a job in a time where it's like, you know, hey, things are so divisive, like security is very important for a television personality. I mean, it should be a top priority for radio stations, but television in particularly because, you know, you've got you've got women that are working there that you feel like, you know, I mean, I, I, I know a couple of women that are on the news and it, it's mind boggling how dudes feel like they can like. Say things to them, and it's like you've got you've got those situations. You've got gunmen. You've got people like that. So I'm not necessarily against like, hey, the ability to lock your door. Well, not only that, we're forgetting like this was an engineer that did this. It's not like he went to his boss and said, you know what I want. He grabbed an engineer he knew and said, do this for me. And that engineer went, well, that's Matt Goddamn Lauer. Like I better, I better, otherwise I'm going to be let go. Much like in every other situation here, where he's a person of authority, a person of power, and it's like, well, what else am I supposed to do? Yeah, that's, I mean, I, I don't know if that's, I mean, I've seen, I've had bosses who have had that. Like, I've walked into my boss's office, seen him hit a button, and the door just closes. And they've, I mean, it was never to, like, try to do anything inappropriate to me, but it is a power move. It is, like, one of those things that people will do so you know I'm in charge of what's happening. And, 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 and I guess the problem is there is, like, is the concept of locking the door when the other person didn't know and the ability for you then to know that nobody else is going to come in here. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know at that point it's going to be my word versus her word. Like, if I walk into my power. boss's office after the show and he says, shut the door and lock it. I at least know. I at least am aware of what's going on. But you're right. If I walk into somebody's office and the door's just closed and they lock it without my knowledge, right. why do you want to knock it? lock it without me knowing? Yeah, there's 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 just plenty of examples here. And I know there's going to be some people who feel like, oh, well, you know, Matt Lauer, maybe these allegations aren't true or whatever. But there's plenty of examples and plenty of evidence here of... This is a pattern of behavior. This isn't a one-off comment that got taken out of context that, you know, hey, maybe I had a relationship with this person that I didn't, or I thought I had a relationship with this person that I didn't necessarily have, and maybe she took things of offense. I mean, you're giving you're giving sex toys out as presents. You have a door that locks, you know, without anybody knowing it. You're on camera saying things about your coworkers. You have coworkers making these allegations. I mean, how, how much more evidence needs to come down the pipeline? Joseph writes in and says, if it's okay with Meredith, this is the hot mic comment where he was like telling her, yeah, keep bending over. I like that view. 
He says it should be fine provided that you do not use explicit description. But me as a white person, I'm forced to listen to black people be very rude and disrespectful. But because they're talking to each other, I'm supposed to think it's okay. Don't make this about that. Don't make this. uh, This is what I'm always talking about. This actually happened. So that's enough of something to be talking about. You don't necessarily have to then. Well, what this? Dude, you guys hear me say it all the time. I hate what ifs. Something actually happened. We can stay focused on that. I Don't give me what ifs. I hate what ifs. He says, I don't see a problem with the hot mic comment to Meredith. I don't see how his relationship with Meredith is offensive to others. You got to remember that there are going to be people who overhear you who don't think it's okay for them to have to hear it. They're not necessarily saying this is wrong for you to say to Meredith. They're saying, I don't want to hear that. And in a place where you're kind of forced to be and your jobs are, I know you're. it's at will and this and that. But at the end of the day, you go to work because you have to because you need to make your rent or your mortgage or your kid's college. You're not at work because you want to be. None of us go because we want it. I always say that. Would you set that alarm clock last night because how free you are? No, you got to go. And again, man, don't make one thing of Dude, this had nothing to do with race. This is this is enough of an issue. We can keep it focused on this. Quit moving the ball down the field. I don't think that that hot mic comment was all that tawdry because I don't know their relationship. And if he said it to her while they were splitting a coffee at their lunch break or whatever, it's probably different. But if another woman hears you and she has an issue, that is going to be an HR issue. You guys, more of you would know this if you actually read your HR handbook for where you work. See, they they make us do it. Like We have to watch these videos. Maybe they do where you work too. But I know a lot of you don't. And so it's constantly do this company's constantly shoving this information down our throats about how bad this stuff is but don't make it about another issue something actually happened we can discuss that more stansbury show right around the corner hang on welcome back to the stansbury show on rock 106.9 online for you wrqk.com broadcasting live all day tomorrow giant eagle up on the strip six o'clock that morning seven o'clock in the evening for the long haul against hunger to benefit the Akron Canton Regional Food Bank. I don't want to beat you guys over the head with too much stuff here, but somebody else in my office is um, is involved in something else that I have donated a little bit of money to. And it's Heaven's Helping Hands for Christmas for the kids. It's a fundraiser and a raffle December the 2nd. This will actually be the day after the long haul there at Pharmacy Bar and Grill, West Market Street in Akron. Um, we pulled together everybody in the office, donated some money, and we're um, basically what it is, it's a list of kids, and I believe that I have this right, whose parents were engulfed in like the drug struggle and so they're these kids aren't going to end up with a Christmas uh-huh. because of what their parents that were going through and so like we all pulled our money together and donated took a few kids off the list so we could buy some toys for these kids but uh, they're doing an event Saturday 6p to 11p pharmacy bar and grill West Market Street in Akron and I donated uh, the link is up at my personal page too it's heavenshelpinghands.com I believe is the website all right so speaking of Christmas I have the first War on Christmas story for the Stansberry Show for the season. Awesome. Okay. And for the record, our previous president, even though he had been accused of not saying it, Barack Obama had said Merry Christmas quite a bit. I mean, a ton. So much so that there's a video compilation of him saying Merry Christmas up for you right now at WRQK.com where you can see it's like three minutes long. uh, Just every time he said Merry Christmas. So he said it quite a bit. I know everybody's telling you, running around, telling you how he didn't, but he totally did, okay? But this is a weird story out of D.C. where Catholics are upset after D.C. Transit 
has banned their Christmas ads from like the public trans like terminals and the like. Okay. And I'll describe the advertisement to you. It's basically the three wise men walking through the desert. Okay. Following the North Star there. It says, find the perfect gift. And then above that, it just says, hashtag perfect gift. And then they give you the website like every advertisement does, findtheperfectgift.org. And they have been removed from the terminals because they were deemed to be too religious. So the Archdiocese filed a federal lawsuit Tuesday alleging that the Washington Metropolitan Area Transit Authority violated the U.S. Constitution by rejecting the ad. Now, I'm not going to pretend to know what the Constitution is going to say about that. I'm not going to borrow, right? But as a person who has his struggles with organized religion, and I do, even though my father was a minister, and I, my guess is that's where my struggles with organized religion probably come from, if I'm going to be honest about it. And I try to always do that. This doesn't come off as ultra-religious to me. Now, maybe it's because I was raised with so much religion that I was taught that this day is about the birth of Christ. And, you know what I mean, the three wise men walked all the way through the desert and they brought, what, frankincense, gold, and myrrh, I think it was, okay. or and whatever. Which, of course, I know now as an adult, I don't necessarily buy into. And I think that they have actually figured out that Jesus' birthday, like, and all this stuff, has, it was nowhere near December and, like, all that. I think, you know, historians have figured out all this out now. White dude born December 25th. Get it right. Pay the but, price. Well, yeah, he fronted Leonard Skinner. He Jesus did. did. He did. He I, uh, sweet beard. I, I don't... This doesn't come off as ultra-religious to me, though. It doesn't. Um, at the end of the day, really, what this boils down to is I'm sure this advertising uh, you know avenue or whatever it is i'm sure they have rules when it comes to what is and is not acceptable and if this is like an already established rule and well then if it's already but if it's already in an established rule then how did it get put up in the first place mistake i mean like you know what i'm saying like hey after putting this up we realize we recognize this isn't this isn't in compliance with our own with our own standards okay you know what you know how i know that's fair i don't fully understand probably well enough my boss is going to hate this. But do I know what all the compliance rules about my website are? Nope. No. Nope. And if you just put something up there, you'd be like, okay, all right. All right. That's fair. And, and I mean, and that's the thing is like, now, if you can show me other examples of like, well, they did this for for Jewish people. Well, they did this for Muslims. And well, they did this for for another, you know, another sect, sect of Christianity. Well, then you've got an argument. But at this point, I mean. It does. I, I will say this. And I've, I've, I've rallied against. I've said there's no war on Christmas. It's again, Walmart saying America. Dude, everybody saying Merry Christmas. I don't feel like there's a war on Christmas. Although Christians, I will say this. I will meet you halfway here. Because I've noticed this throughout my life, obviously, having my father be a minister. Christianity is a religion that you can openly mock the way you cannot openly mock Judaism or, I want to say Islam, but I mean, we kind of do openly mock that. But like, you, you, if you attack Christianity, nobody cares. It, it, that is true. As a secular person who does not believe in organized religion for his own life, I will tell Catholics and Christians, you do get, it's like how, it's the same thing with rednecks. You can openly mock a redneck and nobody cares. They're for some reason that's like, we refuse to like protect like the trailer park people. It's like how you can make fun of an Asian not being able to drive a car. Nobody cares. 
Nobody cares. It's Christianity is the religion that you can openly mock, trash, drag through the mud, and nobody will protect you. That is 100% true. Such is the burden of the majority. You know what I'm saying? Like, when you're number one, yeah, I mean, like, and there's point there. Um, I mean, but this argument has been around since the 1920s, and Henry Ford was the first person that really talked about the war on Christmas, and he blamed the Jews, and he said, like, this is a concentrated effort by Jewish people who are trying to bring Christianity down a peg. It flared back, it flared back up in the 50s. It, like, it's, it's not, this isn't, like, a new thing. I think what this is... He might have not been totally wrong about that back then. I don't know. I wasn't there. You know what I mean? I don't know. I guess. I don't know. How do we know that that wasn't true? We don't know that, right? I, I mean, was I alive in the 1920s? No, but I don't see the evidence of... I mean, well, just because they weren't successful doesn't mean there was not an attempt. We don't know that. That could have actually been a thing. You know, I don't know that it was or was not. But I don't think it's crazy to think that other people were like, dude, we got to take this down a peg so we get equal footing in the holiday thing here. Right? I, that's not insane at all. I could actually, as a matter of fact, I could actually see that. I mean, could you, couldn't, couldn't we apply that on all things in the past then? Of like, well, dude, maybe the Jews were trying to take over Germany. Well, I mean, we probably have more data on that, right? We probably have examined that. Have you seen it? I mean, if you're going to... I don't know that. So I guess, no, I would have to say here, maybe maybe that is the way. I mean, let's not pretend that the history books we are given in school are completely accurate. Right? Aren't people constantly telling me Columbus didn't discover America? But yet that's what my history book says. So how do I know that none of this stuff isn't true? Maybe the Civil War wasn't about slavery. Well, again, there were other issues in that battle that just happened to be the big one. You know what I mean? But there were other issues in that battle. It wasn't solely that. It was primarily that, but it was not solely that. That's why there are different words. We weren't a lot around in the 1800s, so how do we know that it wasn't? Well, that's fair. That's totally fair. History is just this thing that got written down and sold to you as gospel. You have no idea if what you're reading is 100% accurate at all. None of us do. So you I, could the world be flat? No, because we've seen we've seen that. Although Elon Musk, did you see this? He got roasted the other day about that. Elon Musk, one of the smartest people in the world, said, how come there's no flat Mars society? And the flat Earth society got back and said, because we've seen Mars be round. And I say, well, I've seen Earth be round, too. Like People claim those photographs are, are photoshopped or whatever, but I don't buy that. I believe the Earth is round. But going back to 1920, I don't know that there wasn't a, that there wasn't a coerced effort. Now, that sounds like anti-Semitism to me. It does. I will admit that. But I don't know that he was wrong about that. But I don't buy into this war on Christmas. I don't. I just don't buy into it. More Stansberry Show right around the corner. You guys hang on. 106.9. And welcome back to the program on Rock 106.9, online for EWRQK.com. I just uh, read an interesting article, Fantone, about, or from Sam Amico, I should say. And he's talking about how the Thunder are way out of whack right now. Everybody thought that that thing was going to gel together pretty good with uh, Russell Westbrook, Paul George. And Carmelo Anthony. And he's saying, dude, it's way out of sorts right now. And that the Cavs should put Paul George back on their radar. You buy into that? Um, I don't see why the Thunder would move off of, of Paul George. I don't know what we have. Gate. 
Um, Cavs have enough moving pieces, parts at this point. I mean, you could put together that Brooklyn pick along with you the know Tristan Thompson. Oh, and, okay, maybe. And, and, and I mean, you've got you've got flexibility here. You've got the opportunity to bring another team in, but I don't see Oklahoma City moving off of Paul George. I mean, I don't if see you want to make the argument of like, well, maybe you can make a move for Carmelo Anthony, which I wouldn't hate. I think that's a lot more reasonable than thinking that the Thunder, if anything, they're going to double down on Paul George and move other pieces. Interesting. That's what I would do if I was heading that that organization. You got to remember, too, dude. I mean, you're, 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 you're you're twenty games into the season right now, so like, there's a lot of time left. I mean, a lot of time left before the trade deadline. But like, you're twenty, February, right? 20 games into the season, and you're sitting at I think what is it, Thunder probably ten and 10, 9, 9 and eleven or something like that. You got time. No need to, no need to hit the panic button yet, friend. No, sometimes these guys just got to write articles just to write them. True. I mean, welcome to that. I did hear somebody say yesterday, though, that the Cavaliers feel like early 2000 Cavaliers where LeBron just doesn't have enough talent around him. They're saying to, to beat Boston, like to get past Boston's talent, let alone make the NBA Finals. You're saying the Cavaliers today as constructed? They feel, yeah, that the, the, the guy feels like, um, I forget who wrote it, but it was it was an NBA insider who wrote, this feels much like was it 07 when he took that team and yeah. got like you know uh, and beat by um, the San Antonio the Spurs 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 yeah, Spurs, yeah got uh, they got swept by the Spurs that this guy's feeling very reminiscent of that year where it's like it's LeBron and then nobody else. Um, LeBron is putting together a pro- prolific year, um, it, it just increasing his his you know his diversity in his game. He's done a bunch of things that you know in year fifteen that no other guy has even been able to come close to. Um, but no, I, I don't agree with that at all. I mean, you have. You know, you have a de facto LeBron and Dwayne Wade who comes off of the bench and is able to be a, you know, a, an instant scoring opportunity. You have one of the best shooters in NBA history in Kyle Korver. Kevin Love has not only changed how he plays the game, I would say he's probably improved how he, he plays the game. So, no, I, I don't sign off on that at all. I think this is one of the deepest Cavaliers teams in the history of the organization. I mean, I asked at the beginning of the season before they even started is this I remember asking Scott from winningfornextyear.com is this the deepest team LeBron's ever had because it kind of felt that way and I mean you're, you're, you're just looking at like the main pieces there of Kevin Love of of Dwayne Wade and you're not looking at the complimentary pieces like Jeff Green is playing fantastic basketball Channing Fry's doing really well so I I, I can't sign off on that at all okay. I, I, do, I do not agree you've been paying that. more attention to the Cavs this season than I am so I mean, I... and let's be real about that 0-17 like that was a team of scrubs dude I mean Sasha Pavlovich started that, that series and that wasn't Carlos Boozer the second best player? It's insane, dude. I mean, that that really is that he was able to carry that team that far. So, like, no, I, I feel like number one, LeBron's a better better basketball player than he was ten years ago, and number yeah. two, it's a better team than you they know were. what. Cavs fans got to dude put that in perspective. You were furious when Carlos Boozer left. Right. You know what I mean? Like, right. think about right. that because right. you were worried about Carlos Boozer. Not being I mean, on that team. Danielle Marshall was a key part of, of of those teams. Guys like Jamario Moon were parts of those teams. So it just you look back on it and it's like, God, dude, how were you? You know, the fact that you even got it that far it was something to be celebrated. So like, no, I, I vehemently disagree with that guy. Okay, that's interesting. I, I'm also reading an article here about Meggings. Meggings. What are those? Man leggings. Oh God. Which are leggings. 
<laughs> you know what right, I mean? Right, they, right, right, which, right. Are, which are leggings. It's the same exact design. It's the same thing, just made a little larger, which not even sometimes. Um, do you think maybe they build the, the crotch a little differently just because of, you know, crotch differences there? Having read this, it does not say that. It does not say that. Okay. Maybe I thought maybe a little banana pouch there. Or maybe but, I missed that okay. in here. This is a little longer. Maybe I maybe I missed or maybe I just read it so fast <laughs> that I didn't even think about How it. How long is an article about leggings? Like what longer than it needs to be. <laughs> exactly. That's a good point. He says he bought them from Kapow Meggings, and he says that I looked like I had been dipped in 24 karat gold from the waist down because he was just wearing like you know shiny you know gold ones. Okay, and now he's got some with like zebra print and like leopard print on him. He says the first day he wore them in public, I was speaking with his boss. He says pretending like Meggings were normal office attire, like he just was going about his day like like nothing was weird, right? I turned around, someone was squatting next to my butt with two thumbs up as somebody else took a photo. Basically, like, look what's happening in my office right. right now. And he realized that my meggings had made me a tourist attraction. So he said, I walked around the office. Coworkers who I normally don't speak to started asking to take pictures with me. One of them approached me hours later and said that her cousin recognized me from her Snapchat story. And it ended up being somebody he went to college with. But he says that they helped him when he was trying to do yoga, that they were comfortable and he foresees this being the next wave of men's fashion. That men are going to start wearing leggings. I, 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 this, is, this is the same thing as rompers. This is the same thing as those lacy shorts that guys were supposed to be wearing. That, like, yes, there's some idiot on the internet doing it. Because there's some idiot on the internet doing literally everything. <laughs> like, there is nothing undone on the internet. So I, I, I'm, not, I'm not buying into the hysteria around Megan's at all. Until I see it. If I see it, then it's like, oh, man, this is happening. Because you're right. Because that's always, I mean, it's always been the case with fashion. It's like you go to, like, Fashion Week or you see, like, Victoria's Secret's, like, runway models. I've never seen a chick wear any of that stuff ever. I mean, and and then, like, at what point is it, like, number one, why do I care what anybody else on the face of the planet is wearing? I don't. Number two, like, dude. Unless I'm taking it off them. Skinny jeans are a thing now, and those are tight pants, and it's not, like, tight leather pants. Pants weren't a part of the style in the 1980s. So the fact that now it's made out of lycra instead of leather, it's like, oh, lying too far. Yeah, that is one of those weird things. Because even then, like growing up, I wouldn't have dressed like Nikki Six because it felt like a costume that you wore to be in a band, not the way you walk down the street. But you're right. I mean, when leather pants was the thing. Right. Everyone's like, all right, that's cool. That's fine. Okay. I, I don't care what you wear. Dude, don't wear any pants. I don't care. Dude, I don't want Meggings. No, I don't want you wearing Meggings either, dude. You know what I, I mean? It's just going to look like you're smuggling marbles. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that, I can't have. More Stansberry Show right around the corner. You guys hang on. The Stansberry Show. I have got to get in on this. Rock 106.9. Hey, guys. You got Stansberry here. When talking firearms, you know what you want? Knowledge, safety, training. And that's the mantra over at Great American Shooting Sports, North Canton's newest and best indoor firing range. Great American Shooting Sports has an amazing rental section you can actually rent a century arms ak-47 for just twenty dollars they also have a smith and wesson ar-15 that you can rent for 20 bucks great american shooting sports is north canton's newest and best indoor firing range find them at 6505 promler avenue in north canton or call 234-347-0223 welcome back to the sandsbury show rock 1069 i want to thank our listener cole who tweeted in and let me know it was chris mannix who was the one saying that the Cavs team feels like the early 2000 Cavs teams where LeBron just did not have enough talent. He's saying not even to get past Boston. 
Um, Chris Mannix, a reputable NBA dude. There's no question about it. He covers boxing as well. Um, but he's kind of a LeBron hater, I feel like. Oh, really? So, yeah, yeah. But, I, I, I mean, he can feel the way he wants to feel. I feel like the evidence proves contrary. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. I um, I've maintained all year. I think by the end of it, the Cavs will get it turned around and be pretty good. They're already kind of turning it around. I mean, they're doing all right. They won what ten in a row, something like that. I think yeah, it was. They're, they're they're tearing off victories right now. Um, and you got to think Isaiah Thomas is going to come back, which is exciting, and that will that will cause a hiccup. I know people are going to be like, "Oh, he's coming back. Everything's going to be great." Mm, they're probably going to go on a skid. They're probably right. going to go into like a damn dude. We've lost you know six of our last eight or something like that, and that's okay. And it's I, playing style. I, I, I definitely think the Cavaliers are going to make a move towards getting a big guy. I don't know if that'll be Marcus Saul. I don't know if that'll be um, DeAndre Jordan. I don't know who they're going to end up making a move for there. Um, but you know, no pun on it the Cavaliers have to be all in on this season this is this is the only window that matters right now is the one that is currently open in front of you I agree and rebuilding be damned like the concept of what happens after LeBron be damned you have LeBron go win a title I don't like the DeAndre Jordan move um I'd be all right with it depends on what what happens there depends on on what you give up he feels too throwback he feels too like old era big man for today's NBA for me He feels more like back to the basket, hands on your knees. He feels very Akeem Olajuwon era big man versus what you need now. Um, but that's the thing is I think when you add another layer of the game and Golden State not necessarily going to be able to answer that, that's what you have to start looking for is where can we start exploiting mismatches? Where can we start to find guys that are going to be able to give us something in our arsenal that we didn't necessarily have before? Which is why, and honestly, if you're asking me DeAndre Jordan or Marcus Hall, I feel like Marcus Hall is a better pick there, but at the same time if you if you gave me DeAndre Jordan for you know the right price, I could totally sign off on that. Uh, by the way, you can't give you all of it but basketball fans keep your eyes on the Canton charge if you're a fan if you're a fan of basketball there, there might be something happening here um, sometime soon with the Canton charge that you're gonna want to be able to say you were at Civic Center uh, tomorrow night December 1st the uh, seven o'clock tip-off time so uh, you guys should go we'll actually get you hooked up with some tickets for their game on the eighth yeah. uh, keeping with the basketball here the ref that ejected LeBron James the other night has yeah. spoken out yeah. and says he turned and threw an air punch directly at me and then he aggressively charged at me and then he used vulgarity in my ear a few times. That was referee yeah. Kane Fitzgerald on ejecting LeBron James. Um, uh, now, I, I, I've watched the video and I will disagree that he swung at the referee. I didn't see that. Like, that was like a... One of those. That was one of those. And when you aggressively run up on somebody. Like punctuation with your body. Right. And and, okay. and and LeBron running up on you is going to feel intimidating. Make Six, no nine. question. Make no question about it, dude. The guy is a massive man. And yeah, but dude, you're an NBA referee, so you should be accustomed to both of those things. And I don't know what LeBron said. Um, And if it crossed the line, then fine, throw him out. But I have a hard time believing that. I mean, I, LeBron's 15 years deep. It's not like he's going to go up to a ref and be like, you know, yo, F you. I'm, you know, did he use the F word? Possibly, but I don't necessarily think that's that's grounds of like, all right, see ya. I hate to be a conspiracy theorist, but right. but did this guy write? Did this guy throw LeBron James out of a game so he could be the guy who threw LeBron James out of a game so we could write a book about throwing LeBron James out of a game? Sure, or is it you know, hey, dude, it's. November in the NBA right now. There's you know not a lot of conversation going on. Ah, let's try to rile it up. You know, hey, kick LeBron out of this game. Sure, I mean, I, I I'll, I'll make room for those things, but at the same time, like 
I don't, I don't know. I don't feel like if, if anything, I think it was probably just this referee overreacting to something. And in the moment you do it. And then, you know, 20 minutes later, you're like, oh, what, what, what did I just do? That's there? a little bit of an overreaction. Yeah, maybe that was what happened here. Um, have you have you seen some of the stuff about Conor McGregor? Apparently, he got he, dude, a UFC star, Conor McGregor, got into a fight at a bar in Dublin. I've heard of this. And he punched this guy in the face, allegedly. And the guy is the father, I guess, of a local Irish like mob dude, like a mobsman. And people are saying, dude, he's he's got he's got bigger trouble now. Like this is gonna be a problem. And if you know Connor, you know what I mean? He's a button pusher. And I could see I dude like I could see Connor being a hothead and punching somebody in the bar for sure. Um, I have no problem believing that. The only reason I would say no, and I, I mean I guess I don't know Connor McGregor, is like, dude, you essentially have like lethal weapons attached to your arms when you're an MMA fighter of Conor McGregor's stature, dude. You 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 have deadly weapons. You know you just are one. Um, I would think. You recognize I've got too much to lose here to get into a barroom brawl, but you're right. I mean, dude, you start getting some drinks in somebody, and you start talking crap to somebody, and who well, knows what happens. I'll give you a quote Dana White said about Conor McGregor. Still probably looking to fight, even though he's got $100 million. And he said Conor McGregor loves to punch people in the face. Like, dude, money doesn't make loving punching people in the face go away. And so, dude, if you love to punch people in the face, I could see you getting aggravated and punching somebody in the face. Like, I could see that. Um, the fact that he does have $100 million probably makes me assume that, like, well, dude, if anything, he's probably just going to get involved with this Irish mob and start, like, running drugs and doing stuff. But, I, I mean, yeah. you know, it could happen. Dana White also spoke out about Ronda Rousey and says he hopes she does not fight again. She's kept her, like, drug testing up to date for, like, so if she wants to return, she totally could. Losing back-to-back fights. Dana said, look, dude, she's got a ton of money. She's good. She worked hard to be an Olympian, worked hard to be a UFC champ, achieved both. And he's like, I just kind of hope she stays out of it, which I found to be very interesting for a guy whose entire life is wrapped around the UFC. For Dana White to say that, I mean, dude, she's like the, I know, dude, like people can talk to me about Amanda Nunes and like all these other women. Don't get me wrong. I know that these Holly Holm and Amanda Nunes, they beat her. But Ronda Rousey's still the name, right? Like, I, I'm as a guy who watches oh, yeah. UFC, like that's if 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 Ronda came back and was fighting next week, I'd want to see it. Oh, I'm yeah. not sure I necessarily. Amanda Nunes is a badass woman. She is. She is bad. But she doesn't. Amanda Nunes is not must see TV. Ronda Rousey is must see TV. As a guy who was critical on her, felt like they gave her the title too early. All that stuff. It's all true. But she is a personality. She is a star. She's must-see TV. I'm not sure Amanda Nunes is that. I can't remember what this chick's name is, but some Shauna something MMA fighters now in WWE, which is exactly where you're going to see Ronda Rousey. It's just inevitable, dude. It really too is. much money. It's, it, it, and it's too easy for her, dude. Like, why wouldn't you go take that paycheck? After fighting for real for so long to kind of go in and have to fight and not fight, yeah, maybe. I, I like I said, I can't remember what the chick's name is, but like every time she's yeah, I don't in, know that one. She's in the ring. She legit looks like she's about to like fight somebody. You know, pro wrestling, you can tell. Like, all right, they look like they're gonna fight, but they're not. This chick has that like, yo, I am about to kick somebody's teeth in, and it's like, all right, well, it feels a little different. Well, you gotta wonder if that'll ever happen, right? right? You just lose track of it. I feel like Brock Lesnar's done that before, where he's in a match and he just kind of like where loses. Am I? Like, what am I doing? Who am I fighting right now? Is this you know? Is this a Samoan headhunter? or Samoa Joe, you know...
It's a little racially insensitive. Let's not call him Samoan anything. It's not right, Vince. Jeez. Sometimes you got to cut people out of your life. Sometimes it's just like, you know what, dude? Like, I like you. We've grown up together. I've known you my entire life. But sometimes you just got to walk away. We've all done it. And I have a list of people who have ghosted their friends, just walked away. And they were asked to describe the situation in six words or less. And you won't believe some of these. We'll give them to you next on Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9. You just heard Smells Like Teen Spirit by Nirvana there. You know, this is one of those things in life where, like, Kurt Cobain's been dead so long that you forget how different and strange Nirvana really was when it first hit. Like I said to Phantom when that song was on, like, Smells Like Teen Spirit's one of those songs now where on the radio, probably, some of you are probably like, jeez, dude, how many more times I got to hear this? But once upon a time, that song was so new and so ahead of its time, like, that's one of those moments in life. Like, Princess Die Dying, as honestly, is another one of those. I don't know why. Like, I know exactly where I was the first time I heard Smells Like Teen Spirit. I'll never forget it. I was getting off of work at the Mr. Hero in Twinsburg, which is no longer there anymore, but that's where I worked when I was in high school. I was with my buddy Jeremy Kersick, and we worked together, and I was giving him a ride home. I was in my mom's, like, crap brown Chevy Celebrity. I'll never forget. Tape deck, for Christ's sake. For Christ's sake. I mean, that's, I'll, that's what this was. And he's like, dude, wait till you hear this. And he put it in, and at first it just sounded like noise. You got to remember, we were just coming out of the hair rock era. Like Guns N' Roses was still like the thing. And it just sounded like noise. I was like, what in the hell is that? And then next thing you know, we listened to it again and then again and then again. And I remember just thinking, yeah, things are going to be different. Like stuff is just going to change fast. Well, much like that dude at the parking lot told you the one time, that ain't rock and roll, dude. That ain't um, rock and roll. Dude, the best thing ever. That ain't rock and roll. Nirvana ain't rock and roll, dude. Um, that guy was pissed. Yeah, I mean, definitely one of those artists that bridged a gap when it came to music there and took things that were and changed them into the things that are. Let's talk about Mr. Hero for a little bit longer. Tell me about making those Roman burgers, buddy. I had one yesterday. It was fantastic. Let me tell you, dude. One of the best jobs I've ever had. Sure, dude. All the Roman burgers you can eat. What else are you doing with life? What are we doing right now, dude? Let's go. My buddy, my buddy's dad, Jason, my buddy, Jason, dad owned it. Nice. And my brother went to high school with his brother. So like we have been friends with that family forever. So like I, like I needed a job and I'll never do my buddy, Tommy, who was friends with my brother was like the, you know, the GM there because his dad owned it. Right. And they gave me a job. And I told him when I worked there, I was like, dude, I don't want to work the front counter. I don't want to have to like make change. I don't, dude, you don't make me do it. Just leave me in the back. I'll cook and like right. leave me alone. And sure enough, he was like, all right, that's all I need you for. And honestly, dude, I loved that job. No, I wouldn't want to make a career out of it. I don't know, dude. Chico on, on West Tusk right there, Not the owner that. of the Mr. Hero, bro, we got two fine employees. We're looking for work. That's sad because we are. Think about that, dude. They made Roman burgers even bigger now, bigger than ever. It's the BTE, and they're delicious. Is that what that stood for? I read your post yesterday. That's bigger than ever? Bigger than ever. For a dollar extra, you get more of the meats, you get more of the cheese, you get more of everything, and it is phenomenal, dude. And this is, by the way, 100% for free. Nobody's getting paid to endorse Mr. Hero here. We're just doing it because we love it. Hugh Jackson is. Well, somebody is. Maybe we'll be next, dude. So sometimes you got to cut people out of your life. It's just, it's just part of life. I'll tell you a quick story. I, once upon a time, was living with this woman, totally platonic. We're just friends, my friend Jessica. 
And she was having an issue with a friend that she was that had grown up and known forever. And her life, Jessica's life, was just starting to get more into adulthood and less like from her early 20s. And I remember her friend sitting in my living room at the time saying, you know what I don't like about this, Jessica? Is like, you're just acting like you're better than me. And I said to her friend, no, she is better than you. And she's starting to realize it and realize that you're holding her down. You're an anchor. And so sometimes you just got to let anchors go and move. I do this all the time with friends groups. I normally don't keep people in my life long term like that. Jessica's like an anomaly. I'm normally in and out like an assassin. I need you short term. If you're still doing like Cat Williams once said, if you're still doing what you this year, what you were doing last year, you got to go, dude. I like people who keep it moving. Um, I, I think most people are chapters of your story as opposed to the whole story. But um, yes, for the most part, you're not going to make lifelong friendships with people. And that's OK. Like there's something about it where it's like for a certain time in my life, your life, whatever. And this can apply to relationships or friendships. It's like this is what I needed right now. This is what you needed right now. That's not necessarily going to be the facts in the future. I agree. So somebody asked a bunch of people. To kind of tell their story about like just cutting people out of their lives completely. Ghosting is what they call it. But give it to me in six words or less. And some of these are crazy. We'll start here with Cassie, 28. Adults dating teens is just unforgivable. Jesus, yes. Well, well. uh, I was going to say, dude, that's not normally your theory. Your theory is 18 and 30 is okay. Yes, 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 yes. Is it okay? No, but is it acceptable? Yes. Is it something that I'm going to look look at you and be like, dude, what are are you, dating an 18-year-old at age 50? But at the same time, no, that's where the legal line is. But unless, dude, you're in Alabama, maybe you're running and running for senator, maybe it's okay. Well, how's 21 and 40? Twenty-one forty—that's the one I got to be. Especially at twenty-one, dude. I mean, I feel like once you're in the bar, we're all kind of the same age. People that are younger start acting a little older. People that are older start acting a little bit younger, and we all just get drunk together. Oh, okay. I'm okay with that. I like that system a lot. Good, because I feel better about something I'm about to do next. There you go. She got naked with my boyfriend. (laughs) Chrissy thirty-four said, "Yeah, that's dude. That's not no reason to just walk out on your friend, though." Um, this is a big one with me. Aaron 38 said, my friend asked me to hide her cheating. And I've given this theory out, I believe, just this last week, where I've told all my male friends, I said, I will never call your girlfriend and be like, dude, your boyfriend's cheating on you. I will never rat you out. But if she comes to me and asks me flat out, I'm not lying for you either. We're adults, dude. If you can't, if you can't man up or if you can't handle the repercussions of your actions, then don't have those be your actions. This is a one that I'm very curious about. Because Jen, 35 years old, says... Dated an ex-boyfriend I still loved. Because I think sometimes this happens in life. Where people will say, oh, I don't care. Do whatever you want. I'm kind of over it. And then it happens. And then secretly you're still pissed about it. And is it okay to date a friend's ex? Is that all right? I wouldn't do it. Um, I understand there's situations where it is going to be okay. Um, and it depends on what the ex is and who they were to that person. If this is somebody that you genuinely loved and had a long-term relationship with, then I'm going to be like, nah, dude. Because at that point, it's well, at that point, and it's up to you, what do you put more value into that friendship or the potential relationship you're going to have there? Now, if you feel like, hey, this could be the person that I'm going to love for the rest of my life, this is going to be my partner, this is going to be my wife, well, then then maybe it is worth losing a friend over. But for the most part, if if... if if you, to just get it wet. Right. If 
you if you're somebody that I I know and somebody that I consider a friend, that's probably going to be more valuable to me than having sex. Talking about people ghosting people out of their lives and uh, describing the situation six words or less. Called me poor after her promotion. Ooh, that's from a woman. She's 24 years old, and I could see how young people starting to move into their first real adult job could think that that would be okay. Thinking that oh my friend's going to get her like grown up job here in the next year year or two anyway, so it's all right. I wouldn't do that if I were you. I would not do that. I came out. She didn't approve. Emily 27 says, oh, then that's good. You shouldn't be. Honestly, you should move on from yeah, people like that. That's not a no reason. That's a, there's a very valid reason there. She went rollerblading with my boyfriend. Donna 39 said there was uh, one of the reasons why she ghosted her friend out of her life. Is it OK to hang out platonically with your friend's better half? Mm, unless unless that's already kind of like the, the pattern of behavior. That's one thing. But if it's all of a sudden like, oh, hey, now you guys have been texting each other. Now you guys have been doing all that. I see why that. That's a problem. I mean, if it all happens above the board and it's natural, like, okay, like there's going to be a point in the next upcoming month that I think you and my girlfriend are coming to the Christmas bar. And I have zero issue with that because that's all above the board. If all of a sudden it's like, hey, I, 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 you know, I see my girlfriend's phone that she's been texting you all of a sudden it's going to be like a completely different story. Yeah, that's not really platonically hanging out. That's two people, her and I, keeping something away from you, which would smell like something was amok. It's, uh, rollerblading, I think, is going to be a little something there. I think, that, I think there's something going on other than just rollerblading. Yoana said, um, I had a baby and none of my friends came over, so I cut them all out of my life. Um, Isn't it on you to invite them? Well, yeah, I was going to say, I mean, like, did your friends know and all these different things? But if somebody's not going to celebrate, you know, a big moment in your life or if somebody feels like that's not a big thing, I understand why you might be, you know, feel slighted by that. All right. Now we got a guy here who cut a friend out of his life and said he depicted the girl I was really into. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, well, wait a minute here. Just because you're into her. Right, like, because on some level, aren't all aren't all single men into like attractive women? Like, yeah. couldn't you make the argument that, like, dude, if you're both single and she's attractive, you're going to be into her just because she's hot? Yeah, and then you can make the argument to get yourself out of this one, but you can make the argument, too, of, like, well, dude, if you know that, you know, once again, it goes back to make your make your decision here. And if 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 having sex with a really attractive woman is worth more to you than that friend, fine, but don't be surprised when that friend doesn't necessarily want to hang out with you anymore. Taylor32 says, I cut a friend out of my life, six words or less here. She told cops she'd kill me. <laughs> this is the one I really liked because this is this this happens all the time with friends who are in performance-based jobs. And again, I, I'm willing to bet some of my friends have dealt with this. Where Oliver34 says, I had had enough. Not one more bad poetry reading. <laughs> and Oliver, Jeez. I'm with you on that. I got to be honest with you. I think I would be that person too where I'd be like, dude, I just can't do this. I had to do this once in my life. Where I had a friend, we had been friends forever, and I always joke about how I have like a failure to launch situation going on, and um, and it's a little bit true. It's it's one of those jokes that's got a lot of truth in it. But my buddy really just was like had to be dragged into adulthood, multiple kids, wasn't really willing to push himself forward, and this and that. And eventually, I just kind of got to my, I just kind of got to the point where I was like, this is not okay. Like I'm trying, not that I'm better, but like I am trying to improve. And make no mistake, you keep negative naysayers around your life, they will want to hold you down whether they're realizing they're doing it or not because they don't want to see you get past where they are. It is okay. And I've even said this about family members. If people are legitimately holding you back from what it is you are trying to do or what it is you would like to do or if they tell you that you can't do it, those people are toxic and you need to run as fast as you possibly can in the opposite direction of them. You can absolutely achieve 
everything it is you want as long as you're willing to work for it and you keep positive, goal-oriented people around you. I always talk about this. I like surrounding myself with people who are smart and engaged, who think and view the world differently than I do. Therefore, I always make sure I am like learning something new or seeing something different, putting myself in their shoes, maybe picking up another hobby, all of that stuff. We are not meant to stop learning ever. You've got to keep pushing yourself forward. We're going to actually let you take a listen to that interview with Dan Flowers, CEO of the Akron Canton Regional Food Bank, next on the Stay Asbury Show, because Long Haul Against Hunger is tomorrow, 6 o'clock in the morning till 7 o'clock at the evening. We will be broadcasting live at the Giant Eagle on the Strip. We'll let you take a listen to Dan Flowers next. Hang on. The Stansberry Show. We may not be a global epidemic yet. On iHeartRadio. This is a dream come true. Canton's Rock Station. Rock 1069. Rock 1069. And welcome back to the program on Rock 1069online, Miss anything from today? You can podcast it there shortly after 10 a.m. Remind you one more time that we'll be broadcasting live tomorrow at the Giant Eagle up on the Strip from 6 o'clock that morning till 7 o'clock tomorrow evening to benefit the Akron Canton Regional Food Bank for their long haul against hunger. This is our fourth year doing this with them. And uh, we had Dan Flowers on a little earlier this week and then played it for you again this morning. And I just like that dude, man. And I just uh, and it's nice to work with a charity that I feel like is on the up and up. Oh yeah. Um, I don't have as many, I just shut my computer down because we're pretty much done for the day, and so I don't have it right in front of me. So uh, excuse me for not giving the exact name, but there was a charity actually in Ohio that just got busted. Cops for kids. Yeah, that's what it was. Where they uh, what was it like four point two billion or no million dollars? They like like moved around. And uh, it will basically fleece from the charity. And it's kind of nice when you can go to like charity, is it charity navigator? Yeah, charity navigator.com. And you can kind of check about, you know, how your charities are doing. And like the Akron Canton Regional Food Bank gets like a stellar review from there. Four out of four stars there. Um, you know, like I said earlier in the broadcast, it um, people want to make sure that their money, their donation is going to the right place and doing the most good. I would, sure, yeah. And I mean, this is completely 100% on the up and up charity right here. Um, your $1 donation usually turns into four meals, but thanks to our corporate sponsors, it will turn into eight meals. A lot of people ask, too, like, yo, dude, when can I come meet you in Stansbury? When can I, like, get an autograph? Or when can I do this or that? And it's like, Never. dude, this is, well, no, this is the perfect opportunity. <laughs> yeah, tomorrow. no, this is a good one. Me and Stansbury, we're going to be there for 13 hours looking for something to do. Might as well hang out with you. Exactly. Oh, by the way, yeah, you're not going to get groped. You know no, I mean? no. Like, Start the show and end the show the same way. Grope free, baby. Yeah, we are we are a grope free radio program. We believe strongly in that. So we'll stand there in the photo with you, yeah. but we're not like grabbing body parts. Like no, I'm not doing it. I'm not Al Franken for you. Which, by the way, another woman today came out on Al Franken today. Like that's I, I, th- that situation is going to get really uh, really sticky. But we are a grope free radio show. Yes, we, are. we pride ourselves on that one. But we'll see you guys tomorrow morning, starting at 6 a.m. at the Giant Eagle up on the Strip. Aside from that, have yourself a fantastic afternoon. See you.